Drivers, start your engines! It's time for the fastest hour of radio, Southern Race Week, with your host, William Barber. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Southern Race Week. I'm William Barber, AKWB, and as always, here on the Southern Race Week radio and podcast show, we get you up to speed on everything you need to know. Today on the show, uh, IWB, a.k.a. William Barber, I am always, like I am every week, joined by the most sought-after producer in the radio uh, world. If you name it, he can get it. He is the guy that can can get you the interview with whoever you want. And I'm talking about none other than my main man, Alpin. What's going on? What's going on, man? Hey there, WB. Glad to be with you again this week on this fantastic edition of Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. It's been a busy week here at the Romero House. How about over there in the Barber household? I know your wife is preparing herself for the Halloween season, even though we're in the middle of September right now. She is a big fan of the Halloween season, and uh, it is true. We are going to be out and about Barb's Halloween decorations at the house. We're looking forward to seeing the house. I was going to be looking for this uh, Halloween, William, and I'm sure that a lot of pictures and, and videos will be posted on your Instagram page, which is also attached to our Facebook page, uh, which is not attached to our Twitter page. I don't know how to do that. I mean, well, I just... uh, well, don't don't let it stop you from checking out our social media platforms, people. You can follow us on Twitter at SRW Radio. You can follow yours truly at Alfie underscore nineteen, our fearless leader at WB Radio Network, and then also the uh, Facebook page is there for you as well. Facebook.com slash Southern Race Week. And don't forget about the podcast version of the show, which is available for you every Monday at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So if you want to uh Listen back to this week's program or any of our previous programs. So the Southern Race Week Radio podcast is all available for you there on your favorite podcast location, as William likes to say. So make sure you check for the podcast. New episode going up on Monday and every Monday, William. And make sure you like and subscribe. All right. This week here on the show, we got a jam-packed show. Whether you like in uh, fast track, uh, short tracks, or whatever else, we got it for you. And Alfie, let's run down the list of our guests this week, bro. Yes, we got another star-studded uh, program for you this week on Sunday Race Week Radio as Alan Kavana, NASCAR insider, will be joining us this week to break down every one thing going on in the NASCAR world. A lot of big news announced by NASCAR. We'll get to it here in a few minutes in the racing news segment, but we'll talk to Alan Kavana about what's going on in the world of NASCAR. Also, Ted Austed will be standing by from Atlanta Motor Speedway with the latest in Short track news, a lot of big events coming up here in the next few weeks or so. So we'll break down all the action. And also for Rev Racing, he got his first late model win last weekend at Hickory. LeVar Scott, driver for Rev Racing, will be joining us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. I'm Jacqueline Drake with the Cars Tour, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. Hello, and welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you, along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie, continuing on with this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. But a lot going on in the world of NASCAR. Earlier this week, the schedule was released, and also the big breaking news that the Clash Race, the non-points event, will be moving from Daytona to the L.A. Coliseum. 
So when we need to break down everything going on in the world of NASCAR, there's only uh, one person I want to have on this program, big-time NASCAR insider. You see him on NASCAR.com. He's got his own podcast as well. This guy is just all over the place, the Performance Racing Network. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Mr. Alan Cavana. Best intro in all of audio and radio. So glad to be back. The Georgia Radio Hall of Fame is calling every week. So <laughs> hopefully uh, from your lips to God's ears. But uh, <laughs> Mr. Cavano, thank you so much for taking time to join us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio. We consider you a friend of the show and uh, really appreciate it when you take the time to join us. So uh, thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. It's good to be back. I mean, we look, we're coming up on, we're in the playoffs for the Cup Series, coming up on Elimination, Bristol Night Race, all that good stuff. I mean, it, we're right here in a good part of the year. It definitely is. And normally at this time of the year, we get a lot of news, a lot of uh, movement going on. We've had drivers going. We've got addition, additional teams, new teams coming. Uh, but in, uh, the big breaking news here over the last few days, uh, not only the NASCAR released the schedule for next year, but big news as the clash will move from the Daytona International Speedway to the L.A. Coliseum in Los Angeles, California. So let's, uh, let's start with that big tidbit of news. Now, it had been a rumor for a while that NASCAR was thinking about doing this for weeks or so, and then finally earlier this week they finally made the announcement. So your thoughts, you've been following the sport for a long time. You're a fan before you became a broadcaster of the sport. Your thoughts of the clash moving from Daytona, which has always been a part of Speed Weeks, to now out to the West Coast to the L.A. Coliseum. Yeah, hey, man, L.A. is a big deal, right? It's a big deal just in general. It's worldwide, obviously, an international city, and it, it's a place that kind of NASCAR lacked. I know Fontana is in the L.A. market, but if you've ever been to that race, you know it's nowhere near L.A. You know, it's a solid hour plus to get out there. And it, it, the fact that L, new NASCAR is in L.A., that's a big deal. The L.A. Coliseum, it just – it, it's sort of so far out of left field that they would put a racetrack in this iconic place like the L.A. Coliseum that it's certain to grab attention already. It's the week before the Super Bowl, right? So you'll have so many people, so many eyeballs, so many, you know, whether, whether media members or just uh, attention on that city already. All the celebrities, all that stuff that to have NASCAR come through, it will put it on some new eyeballs that aren't normally paying attention that time of year. And that can only lead to good things, I would hope. So uh, we'll see what the show is. But when you put 40 cars on a quarter mile racetrack in, in this iconic venue, I mean, it's going to lead at least to a lot of curiosity. So from that standpoint, that's a really good thing because I guarantee you the only people watching the clash last year were what? NASCAR fans, right? So this will cater to at least some new eyeballs and NASCAR fans will watch. That's a positive to at least try. If there's anything we've learned out of this year's schedule changes, you know, going to Coda, going to all these road uh, courses and everything and shaking things up, it's that it's worth trying. And this is a big, uh, a big opportunity for them. Uh, you said that NASCAR has really taken some chances on things. The uh, dis uh, the Bristol Dirt Race was something new they tried. Like you said, they've gone to some different tracks, more uh, road course races on that schedule this year. Uh, but now another experimental thing with racing at a venue that's not really known for racing. It's uh, been the home of two Olympics. It's the home for the University of Southern California. Uh, they do some other stuff there as well, but uh, but not a race. So as far as the 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 the, the big task of putting a track inside this facility. Uh, how, how long of a process do you think it's going to take putting basically a track together? 
Yeah, I mean, look, it's a huge feat, but we've seen that before in, in NASCAR plenty of times. Uh, we talked to Ben Kennedy of NASCAR this week, and he said it will start just after the new year, and the race is early February. So, you know, five, six weeks of, of preparation that they have to do to convert a football stadium into a racetrack, uh, you know, on the grounds and everything. But when you want to get something done, we have seen in NASCAR, it will get done, right? I mean, the, the largest televisions in the world <laughs> have been at Texas Motor Speedway and Charlotte Motor Speedway, right? Uh, there is a three-story building hanging in the middle of Bristol Speedway right now, right? I mean, that didn't exist. And, and someone like Bruton Smith said, I don't care that it doesn't exist. Invent a way to make it happen, right? If you want to make something happen, these things are possible, right? You need big thoughts, you need innovation, and you need people to say, uh, do it, right? Here's some money, let's get it done. That's what it will take to put a track in the middle of LA Coliseum. Uh, remember, they put dirt on Bristol, right? I mean, uh, big things don't happen without big ideas, even if they seem impossible. And this is one of those big ideas that, that absolutely can be done, and uh, they're going to try. So why not? There's a lot of people that said, hey, you can't put a football field inside Bristol Motor Speedway, but they're able yeah, to, to do it. exactly. So I wouldn't put anything past NASCAR as far as when they put, when they put something together that they're going to come through in a big way. Uh, speaking with NASCAR insider Alec Havana here on uh, Southern Race Week Radio. Now that brings us to the schedule earlier this week. The 2022 uh, Cup schedule was released. Atlanta Motor Speedway getting our two race dates. Holds of Honor QT 500 weekend in March. And then the Quaker State 400 presented by Walmart in July. With the next generation car on the next generation of racing uh, at Atlanta Motor Speedway as the construction progress goes on. Uh, Alan, before we get into your thoughts on the rest of the schedule, of course, our home track here for Southern Race Week Radio is AMS. So your thoughts and excitement of seeing these new cars on this uh, amazing new uh, track and uh, bankage changes and the way the back stretch and the straight and the front stretch will be uh, configured out. Yeah, you nailed it, Alfie. I mean, I, I think uh, the, the change to Atlanta maybe is getting a little overlooked on this schedule release, right? Just because the news came out, construction's already underway. But it's essentially another new track, right? I know it's still Atlanta, but this will be a brand new track as well for the Cup Series guys with the brand new car. Uh, and look, then there was a lot of headlines and a lot of uh, questioning and wondering what it's going to be like, narrow racing, uh, more banking on a track that a lot of drivers loved, a brand new surface, obviously. So there'll be a lot of questions, but it's just another one of those changes. Again, here in 2021, we had so many changes and it's like, what is that going to be like? And I think for the most part, it has paid off. It has been worth the risk. And we are seeing more of that next year with the schedule changes, going to uh, St. Louis, going to the Coliseum. And Atlanta is one of those changes, right? It is not the same racetrack. So that, to me, is essentially a brand-new racetrack that NASCAR has taken a risk, that they are going to, and it should be a, a welcome change. It should at least be something different. There will be hits and misses, obviously, but that's why you take risks, and that's, that's what comes with risks. Now, you're talking about the change of the schedule next year. As you mentioned, Worldwide Technology Raceway, a gateway will be on the schedule. The playoff uh, races have kind of changed a little bit. There's not going to be that doubleheader weekend in Pocono, no two weeks off as we had this year or the Olympics. So as you had a chance to look up and down the schedule from when we started the Daytona 500 all the way to we finish in uh, Phoenix, what do you see on the schedule that really jumps out at you or something that maybe you were a little bit surprised about? Well, one thing, I mean, I like uh, the final eight, the round of eight. It's switched up a little bit, right? This year and many years in the past, it has been Martinsville, Kansas, Texas, right? It's been kind of the same tracks for a while. Those tracks are so important, though, because if you win one of those races, it's the easiest way 
to a shot at the championship, if you will. Because if you win one of those three races, you have a 25% shot at a title, right? That's what makes the round of eight so, so important. Well, they switch them up for next year in 2022. They add Homestead, a, a track that provides great racing and that a lot of drivers love. And they also switched in Las Vegas out there, right? So you took two tracks away, you put new tracks into the round of eight. I mean, that switches up the dynamic. The same drivers that are good at Texas and Kansas may not be the same drivers good at Homestead and Las Vegas. So that is an interesting twist to who ultimately gets to compete for a championship. That I like. Also, the run-up to the championship, uh, to the playoffs at least next year. Uh, it, it's just a cool mix, right? The last four races before we get to the playoffs are Michigan, a two-mile track, a short track of Richmond, a road course at Watkins Glen, and then Daytona. Four completely different types of racing and racetracks lead up to the playoff. And again, with the way the playoff system is, the way the NASCAR system is, anytime you win, you're automatically qualified, right? So those are four distinct different types of racetracks that could offer more opportunities to different types of drivers, if you will, to get in the playoffs late in the regular season. I, I like that. I like that schedule diversity right before the big season comes. Well, should be excited to see how the schedule mixes up for uh, next year. But as you mentioned, we're still in the playoffs right now, baby. So we got a lot going on. As you mentioned, elimination rates coming up this weekend at Bristol Motor Speedway. And then we'll uh, knock out four drivers and focus on 12 going into the round of uh, 12. So, uh, uh, Mr. Kavana, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. If our fans want to keep up with you, all the latest NASCAR news, you also help out with the fantasy leagues and everything like that. Where can they go to get all the information that is has and is needed from the one and only Alan? Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm a little bit everywhere. So, at Alan Kavana on Twitter, Facebook, Copa Kavana on Instagram. Uh, doing a lot, man. Positive Regression Podcast. That comes out every Thursday. I promise you will learn a lot. So, give us a chance. Listen to our podcast. I do a lot for Speed Sport. We have videos come out Mondays and Thursdays, previewing the weekend and then reviewing the weekend, not just NASCAR. So, you will learn a lot from those videos because it goes beyond just the NASCAR world. So, uh, check those out from, from Speed Sport. And then, as you said, man, I hope you are setting your Fantasy Live lineup, NASCAR.com. Myself and Amy Long, we do our show, Fantasy Live. I hope it's giving you some good advice because I've been on fire the last two weeks with my fantasy team. It's been great. I know. Thanks a lot, buddy. You're helping me get to a solid uh, – I think I'm in the top five. So, I, hey, it, it's good stuff to have Alan Kamana helping you set up your Fantasy League teams every week. Uh, Mr. Kavana, thank you so much for joining this week on Southern Race Week Radio. Enjoy uh, everything coming up to Bristol this weekend. Thank you, sir. Hello, race fans. This is Rob Ramage at Texas Motor Speedway, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome uh, to this week's edition of uh, Southern Race Week. Uh, the short track race news you can use. You know, if there's anything that you want to know that's going on in the short track racing world, now is the time to be tuned in and turn it up on all your favorite radio station and podcast locations because we're going to go over to the Food Depot line, head on all out to that biggest dirt racing track in the entire southeast. I'm talking about Atlanta Motor Speedway and the dirt track racing action that they're getting ready for in 2022. Ted Austin, Ted, Ted, Ted. 
We're going to cover a couple of different things today. We're going to talk about uh, the Georgia drivers dominating, and we're going to talk about the uh, the world of outlaws, and we're going to talk about Sonny Pollard lost his mind. But before we do that, <laughs> let's talk. Let's while we're on Atlanta Motor Speedway, let's talk about the concern of the the multiple looking tracks cutting through the grass. What's going on with the infield, bro? Our media department kind of uh, took some pictures. Uh, they're, they're playing with their new drone, and they took some drone pictures and posted them. And everybody started asking, what's the gray radius through the grass that's never been there before? And it, what it is is uh, Legends of Georgia uh, director Ken Reagan, who absolutely loves Legends Car Racing. He's the best thing that ever happened to that program. Is uh, the squeaky wheel got the oil as he wanted uh, to have a second racetrack that the drivers of Legends cars and Bandolero cars could enjoy here at Atlanta Motor Speedway. So not only are they going to have the regular thunder ring of a quarter-mile flat track on the front straightaway, they are now going to yet to be determined. It's either a third or three-eighths. We can't measure it right now because part of it's asphalt and part of it's dirt. So we'll wait till they get the asphalt put down to figure out if it's a third mile or three-eighths of a mile. It's going to be one or the other. Uh, will be a second track. Flat track, there's no banking to it again. Um but uh, a secondary track for the Legends cars, the Bandolero cars, and who knows what else we could possibly put on that little bit of a longer racetrack that maybe we bring the sprint cars back, maybe we bring the asphalt late models back. I know at one time we tried to put the dirt late models on asphalt on the little track. Uh, maybe we bring in the, the USAC midgets, um, but uh, it adds another dimension, another racetrack to our inventory of power plants uh, here to showcase speed and pageantry at Atlanta Motor Speedway. So another another exciting facet that will be unveiled in 2022. Well, we're on the Food Depot hotline here talking about short track racing action with Ted Allstead. Georgia drivers are dominating, man. Tell me about it. What's that mean? Last week, the World 100, the, the, the 50th annual World 100, and the 51st annual World 100. Figure that out all in the same way. What actually happened is the COVID uh, postponed event uh, from 2020 was moved to this past week to coincide with the 51st annual for the 2021 version of the uh, World 100 up at Eldora Speedway. And uh, both of those races were won and dominated by Georgia drivers. Brandon Overton won the 50th annual, which was uh, earlier last week. Picked up $54,000. Tim McCready finished in second. Dale McDowell, uh, another Georgia driver, finished in third. Hudson O'Neill and Jonathan Davenport rounded out the first five. So a lot of Georgia drivers in that first one. Uh, the second one was uh, last weekend on Saturday night, and Jonathan Superman Davenport, the Blairsville driver, he ended that three straight World 100 victory streak that Brandon Overton and Ed enjoyed uh, winning the 51st annual and pocketing 53 grand. Mike Marler finished in second. Overton came home in the show position, followed by Tim McCready and South Carolina's Chris Ferguson. So some, some Georgia domination up at Eldora Speedway, and Overton just puts another big payday into his unbelievable uh, season here in 2021 for that dirt driver out of Evans, Georgia. Now, uh, we couldn't be talking about dirt track unless we talked about the world of outlaws. What's going on, man? 
Well, the World of Outlaws, they added a race here in Georgia coming up uh, in a couple of weeks uh, on October the 2nd. So now Raceway is now going to host the World of Outlaws as the 411 Motor Speedway in Seymour, Tennessee canceled their event. So the Outlaw Dirt Car guys started making some phone calls because Friday night they're going to be, uh, Friday night the 1st of October, they're going to be a Cherokee Speedway in Gaffney, South Carolina. So they were looking for some place that was relatively close. Sonny Pollard stepped up to the the plate as now they're going to run a double header Friday up at Cherokee. Saturday they'll run at the 3 8 mile gumbo clay track down in Sonoy Raceway. So a good double header for the World Outlaw guys and the big boys come to town uh, to kind of uh, usher in a wild month for Mr. Pollard and his crew down at Sonoy Raceway. He'll pay $10,000 to win for the World of Outlaws on October 2nd. The Southern All-Stars will come in on the 23rd of October in a race that will honor his father, the 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 uh, patriarch of Sonoy Raceway. Uh, that'll be a $10,000 to win go for the Southern All-Stars on the 23rd of October. And then the big weekend that they announced here a few weeks back in November, $10,000 to win on Friday night, November 12th, which is just the prelim for Saturday, November 13th, Georgia Peach State Classic which Sonny Pollard will pay $52,000 to win at the Sonoy Raceway Speed Plant. It's expected to be the biggest event that has taken place in years in the state of Georgia. Sonny Pollard is really, really going after it with his his newly acquired track. It's his first year. You would think that he was a seasoned promoter, all this money that he's putting up and everything like that. He really wants to make a show place of, uh, of his family's track that he finally got back into his family's hands this year. He's going to try to do it by sending a lot of money to bring some boys in the chase this uh, this fall. Well, let's give Sonny some credit. Not that there was anything wrong with what Sonora Raceway was doing before, because let's face it, the guys, they revolutionized when they brought in the gumbo and everything else. It changed that track from being a dust bowl to being a racing surface. It's really, it's, it's refreshing to see that Sonny has a soft spot in his heart for this racetrack. And Sonora Raceway is the benefactor. It's fans, it's regular drivers are the benefactor of this man just wanting to make this a show place in honor of his father and his mother that built the place. I would like nothing better than to see his dream for his family come to fruition. I think it'd be a really cool story. We couldn't leave this week without remembering what, speaking of dirt track guys, who was a great founder, great, great supporter of the dirt track industry for years and years and years, remembering Sammy. Tell me about that, bro. Sammy Duke, uh, the owner, the builder, uh, the promoters for so long of West Georgia Speedway over in Whitesburg, uh, unfortunately lost his battle with COVID last week, uh, passed away. Sammy has been a great supporter of racing his entire life. He dedicated to try and get that track over in Whitesburg to continue to showcase racing and give people an opportunity to race that, that might not travel out of that area to, to go racing and everything. Really a cool guy, and I'm glad I got to know him but sammy duke passed away this past week yes sir this is leah pruitt and you're listening to southern race week hello and welcome back to this week's edition of southern race week radio for you along the far flung southern race week radio network itself we continuing on with this week's edition of southern race week radio along with the southern race week radio podcast which is available for you every monday at iHeartRadio, itunes spotify and soundcloud and we're yet again to have another special guest joining us here this week on the program you know we talked to the biggest names in nascar nhra and indycar but this week we want to focus on the, uh, the short tracks. The, uh, the stars have to start somewhere, and they usually start there in the short track world. 
and we're joined here by another up-and-coming successful short track driver who races for Rev Racing. Let's head on over to the Food Depot Zoom line and welcome in a driver, as I mentioned, for Rev Racing. Ladies and gentlemen, it's in Mr. LeVar Scott! Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for taking time to join us this week. Thank you very, very much for having me, man. Glad to have you on. And just a little bit of research about you. Uh, you are a very young man. You're only uh, 18 years of age. And, yes. you have, and you have accomplished something uh, very historic this past weekend. You got your, your first win at the Hickey Motor Speedway. Not just any win. You pretty much dominated that race. You won by over two seconds over your second place finisher. So tell us about this first win for you here. And then tell us a little bit about the race itself. Yeah, to get the win at Hickory is this. It speaks for itself, honestly, because of how historic that track is and how everybody, all the all the legends of racing got to win at Hickory and started at Hickory. It's always been everywhere. When you get a late model, you always want to go to Hickory trying to get a win at Hickory. So it was just pretty cool to get a win. The race itself today was just, I had a, like a good gut feeling all week lead up to the week. I told like all the guys in the shop, like if I win this race, I'll put my trophy like next to Kyle Larson's in the um, trophy case. Like So I, just, I had a gut feeling all week because it was my first week that I get the race back to back. Because the week before, we went there for the 100 lapper for the Bobby Isaac Memorial. So I just had a gut feeling. I knew that if I just do good this one week, I can start sharp the next week and just hit the laps, 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 after laps. So all weekend, all week, I had a gut feeling. And we went there Saturday, and I was like, man, I think I, think I can really get it done today. So practice, we were pretty fast practice. We were third on the charts. Uh, went out for qualifying, qualified second. Uh, I think P1 qualified with a 15-1-3, and I had a 15-1-6. So we were right there with them. So I knew if I was just patient in the race, I, I can get him. So the race started, and uh, off the off the like off the start, I went on to the outside and rolled one and two really really good. And I, and I got to I got past his quarter, and um we rolled three and we rolled three and four again, and back to one and two. I cleared him. And then we made contact again, getting into one. And after that, I got swirly in the top and went to second. And the next corner, I passed him and took the lead. From there, it was just patient, had good held a lot of tires and smooth, and we got the win. So. It was pretty. It was pretty cool all week to just have that feeling all week and actually go there and get it done. That was awesome. Now, as a driver, is it more difficult when you're kind of going through the field trying to get to the top position, or is it even tougher when you get to the top position to try to hold that spot? Because I'm sure for some drivers, driving through the field is not a problem, but once you get to that top spot, it must be tough to try to keep it because you got so many people who are trying to gun for you. This is a hard answer, but I would have to go more towards once you get there, it's harder to stay there because you have all these people behind you, guys and girls, trying to get to that position. So you, you know that mentally that everybody behind you wants your spot. And then when you're behind somebody, it's kind of easy to gauge where you need to start breaking at because you can see where they're at and know, okay, they're breaking here, let me break here. Or if they're breaking here, let me try to break a half a car a second, half a car in front of them and see if that helps some. But when you have nobody in front of you to gauge off of, you have to just uh, do it and hope you're doing it the best out there competing against all them guys so I think probably staying out there is definitely definitely a little bit harder so what's that mindset like when you cross the line you see the white flag come out you know you got one lap you know you got a pretty comfortable lead going into that last lap what's your mindset are you are you just kind of zoned in still trying to be mentally tough and know hey I still got one lap to go or do you start kind of going you know what I might be able to do this I think I might be able to get that checkered flag well usually all my wins before in the past like for other other uh, divisions it's always been like close racing like really really close racing but this one, like my spotter was telling me, hey, you're 1.8, 1.9, 2.0. So I kind of knew, hey, if I'm just very, very easy on throttle here, just I don't got to break hard, just do everything very smoothly, I kind of know I can get it done. But as a racer, like when you're always in race, you're always expecting or waiting for something to happen. So even even that race, that race was 40 laps. And the last three laps, we had a caution. So this, that's where I was like, okay, this is where I lose the race. Something's going to happen here. So um, 
even the last stop, I was waiting for something to happen. I was like, there's no way I'm actually going to get this done. In the, and it, it, it happened, so. Speaking with Rev Racing driver LaVar Scott here on the Southern Race Week Radio. Now, LaVar, tell us for you, you're, this is your first time on our program, so for us, this is a chance for us to kind of get to know you a little bit better. What got you into racing? I started racing when I was five years old, but my whole family before me, like my uncles, my aunts, and my grandpa, our grandpa was the one that started this family, like this racing family. Um, he, he raced drag cars. He was really into drag racing, so. He had his own drag cars and got my mom into it. She's she was the oldest out of the four that they had, and um, she was the oldest, so she started racing. She had her own Mustang, and it was a it was a, a eight second Mustang, so it was really really fast. And um, my uncles did it, and when my brother was born, my brother was twenty one years old now. He wanted to start racing, but to be to race drag cars, you have to be eight years old. And dirt racing was open because he was five, so he was able to dirt race. So he went dirt racing for the first time. And after that, he just he stayed with it. And when I when I turned five, I was like, I want to dirt race too. So I just stayed with it. And I got older. I went up to went up the ranks of dirt racing, and I finally went to the uh, six hundred micro sprints at Airport Speedway. And um, after that, I won some races there. Won won a pretty big race in Pennsylvania. And then I got got a hold with uh, Rev Racing in twenty nineteen. From there, it's been it's been one heck of a experience. Now, one of your teammates at Rev Racing is Roger Carruth, who's a big friend of our show. He's uh, signed up to race a uh, part time in the Xfinity series next year, which is a huge deal for him. And I'm sure for you as a teammate, it must be special for you to know that your teammate is going to be racing next year in the Xfinity series. For you as your own racer, how inspirational do you to see one of your teammates make the next move up in the Xfinity series? And also, what are your plans? What, are you, what do you want to accomplish as far as this, this career goes? Like, uh, do you want to continue to try to grow up into the ranks? Yeah, I think for Roger to do that and how fast he did it, I mean, that's just – it's it's amazing that I, that kid is awesome. He really cares about the sport. So to see him do it and see, hey, this program really does work. Like it's working. Like we have Bubba Wallace, Kyle Larson. Um, now we have Roger. So it's like, wow. Like I'm I'm right here witnessing it all. And to know Roger's doing that, that 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 really shows that this program works. And it's, me, my plans are just because this is only my second year of racing racing on asphalt. So I'm signing with everybody again for the 2022 season to race late models again. I think that's good for me just to get that experience with asphalt and just keep trying to grow and get better as an asphalt driver. And hopefully the year after next, uh, I move to Arca. That's the, that's the goal. Well, LeVar, we're really excited to see what the future holds for you. And, uh, you know, and it's always exciting to see up-and-coming guys get these opportunities to, to raise the next level because, you know, the Kyle Larsons of the world and, the you know, all these big drivers have to start somewhere. And that's kind of the position you're in. So, if our listeners want to keep up with you and keep up with what's going on with your career and your progress, where can they go to keep up with you, follow you, social media, anything like that? Instagram is LeVar.Scott34. Twitter is LeVarScott. And Facebook is LeVarScott. And I'm very good with all that thing, keeping them things updated. So you can see what I'm doing. Well, Mr. Scott, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. Good luck to you in your future, the rest of the season and the future. And hopefully we'll have you back on the program sometime soon to keep us up to date on what's going on with your progress. Thank you so much. Hope to come back on soon. Thank you very much. I'm Adam Alexander, part of the NASCAR coverage on Fox Sports 1, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, race fans, we're about to wrap up this week's edition of Southern Race Week. Tell your family and friends, cousins, neighbors about the radio and the podcast show. Uh, every week here on the show, IWB, a.k.a. William Barber, and my good buddy, Alfie. Alfie, man, again, another great stellar week of guests, man. Could not could not do the show without you, man. Appreciate you so much, man. Uh, no problem. We're glad to do this every week and uh, week out. Love doing the program. Thanks to our special guest this week, Alan Cavana, NASCAR insider. Also, Ted Austin from the Motor Speedway, delivering the latest in short track news. 
and also Rev Racing Driver LeVar Scott. We thank all those great guests for joining this week here on Southern Race Week Radio. And don't forget the podcast will be available for you on Monday. So if you want to re-listen to this show or check out any of our previous episodes of the Southern Race Week podcast, it'll be available for you on Monday at your favorite podcast location, whether it's iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. And while you're there, we would really appreciate it if you hit the subscription button and like us, leave a rating, leave a comment. And if you're subscribed to the page, every time a new podcast is available, you'll get a notification letting you know that it's up and ready to listen to, William. So we appreciate all the loyal radio listeners and all the loyal podcast listeners as well. Well, listen, we had a lot of fun with Ted Austed uh, this week about Atlanta Motor Speedway being the largest dirt track in the world. But just know they're going to be paving that racetrack pretty soon. So it's not going to be dirt, but uh, if you want to follow that live action, check it out on YouTube. we got a link to it on Facebook. But again, Alfie, a great show. Thank all the guests for being on the program. And remember, if you want to enjoy some great racing, Sonora Raceway's got some great stuff coming up. Three back-to-back, $10,000, and then a $52,000-to-win race. Until next week, I'm WB. I'm Alfie. We'll see y'all at a short track near you.